Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these quarantine-infested streets. I am back with a brand new episode with my boy, PB, Paul Bromley. Paul, say hello. Hello, strivers and thrivers. <laughs> I like that one. That was, that was good. That was Ryan. You... You really listen, your talents lately. You're a poet now. What's going on? Listen, I, you know what? I've actually been a poet for several years. I just don't necessarily share my stuff. But um, <clears throat> I feel inspired now. I'm ready. Listen, get your pen and paper out. <laughs> hey, how's it going, everyone? Glad to be back. We missed you in the month of June, Paul. Uh, I missed myself in the month of June. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I was. Like you know, I, I it's it's we're in this part of the whole pandemic and quarantine it well at least in new york and new jersey where like we're we're kind of getting some of our um our our freedoms and liberties back you mm-hmm. know so you know i've been um you know uh getting getting my hair cut finally and stuff like that you know you know and you know taking precaution things but just trying to i guess trying to get back into life but i'm definitely glad to be back and here to run my mouth with uh with you what's been going yes. on with you i mean I mean, obviously, I know that you have uh, been privy to my social media page. So, <laughs> so I cut my hair. People call, are calling it the big chop. I guess it is a big chop, but I always consider the big chop to be when you cut the perm, like the chemicals out of your hair. Like I, I literally cut off years of natural hair. I've been natural since t- uh, 2012. Right. So yeah, I don't think it was a big chop, but it, it was a it was a big change. It's a yes. great. It looks, it looks great. Thank you. I'm trying to maintain it because you know. I'm all about ease, and just because it's short doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs> so we'll see how, you know, the rest of uh, the summer goes with this haircut. But um, that's probably the biggest, th- well, actually, no, it's not the biggest thing I did this week. Yesterday, I officially made it public. Black Ivy Media, you know, that's you right. and I, we've talked right. about this. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, we've talked about this um, several times, and, you know, yeah. we'll be talking about this after we get off this uh, show. <laughs> You know, I think that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, there's something we that you've been talking about since since I've known you, honestly. Like, yeah. like a media um, you know, company. And um, you know, I'm really proud of you. I'm excited to uh to see what you come up with. And um, you know, I'm also excited to hopefully be, you know, working with you in the future to make some yeah. things come into uh into fruition. So what do you mean cool. hopefully it's gonna happen? You're I like mean, on my list, you're on my you, short you list. Got, you 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 brand new now. You like you know, you, nah. you got new hair. <laughs> You got new new job. Who this new new? You, you know, I, I I'm I was cool for you know 
I'm back in the day. You know what I mean? I don't nah, know. Nah, nah. Day ones, day ones are always they they always there. Day ones are the ones that are, they're the reliable ones. Really, that's what it is. You know, I have new people in my life too, but it's always the day ones. I got my short list. You, Marley, are all on that list. <laughs> okay. All right, then I'll see you on the side. Yes. But um, I think, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much been it. And then obviously school is out in, you know, New York City. So parents all over are getting somewhat of a little bit of break. You know, we're not fighting with our kids to do homework, you know. So it's it's been a little bit of, um, I wouldn't say easy street, but it's not as crazy as it was before. My kid just plays video games all day. I don't, you know, I honestly don't even care what time he goes to sleep anymore. <laughs> it's like, whatever. It's too, it's too much. My, it's my too kids, much. Are, um, their, their daycare is opened up, uh, this week. Oh, um, okay. and we're going to send them back next week on a, um, on a, on a part-time basis. Okay. Um, and they have all these restrictions and a new HVAC system and we mm. can't go into the building and 10 kids per class. It's a whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to do it on a trial basis, um, you know, and just see, you know, see how it works because, you know, I love my kids, but I think we all need a little, little listen. separation, a little distance, a little socially distance. <laughs> yes. Listen, listen, yeah. trust me. I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have a lot of things that we're going to talk about on this show. I feel like every time we get together, there's just so much. I take notes sometimes, like, who, me and Paul are going to talk about this. So. <laughs> I already know. I said that my time because like, every time we get on here, we say, okay, we're going to keep it under, keep it this, and right, we're just going to get on here and run our mouths and see where it ends up. We'll see what it ends up, you know, and y'all just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> so before we get into, I guess, the meat of the show, you know, we always start off with our preliminaries. So it is now time for the Urban Dictionary Word or Phrase of the Week. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? May I have the definition? Um, what does keep keep mean? What's on fleek? Can you use it in a sentence? I've been on fleek, Gillette. And it's gonna be lit. Major key. It's time for the Urban Dictionary Word or Phrase of the Week. So I scoured um, the Urban Dictionary to find just the word to piss you off today, Paul. <laughs> you know how much I love to be pissed off. I know. I was like, ooh, Paul's on today. What can I bring forth for him? So today's word is irregardless. Oh, <laughs> my God. I could reach through this computer. <laughs> I could reach this computer and and give you a, a noogie on top of that new hairdo you got and just completely <laughs> fuck it up. I, I you know I don't like this word. You know. Let me tell you. <laughs> but what, Paul what, talks about this word so much on his Facebook that I'm <laughs> like, what's up here? It hurts my heart. But what really hurts my heart, you know, you didn't even have to go to Urban Dictionary anymore. You know, they actually added this. I know. To the fucking dictionary. Excuse me. Excuse me. To the dictionary. So you see, you got me pissed off already. <laughs> I got you riled up. Riled up. They've actually added this word to the um to the dictionary. Go yes. ahead. What's your, your def? It's and it's crazy because this definition I wanted to get into that because this definition is from like 2005. So this is how long 
irregardless has been, you know, circulating in our society, right? So there's an agenda. There's, there's an agenda. agenda. <laughs> <laughs> irregardless. And this would probably be your definition because, you know, so it's used by people who ignorantly mean to say regardless. <laughs> <laughs> According to Webster, it is a word, but since the prefix IR and the suffix less both mean not or with, they cancel each other out. So right. what you end up with is regard. When you use this to try to say you don't care about something, you end up saying that you do. Of course, everyone knows what you mean to say, but only a pompous, rude person will actually correct you. Well, well, change my name to pompous and rude. <laughs> don't say that shit around me. Don't do it. So it was interesting how it popped up, but now it actually, I did see the post. I think you alerted me to it because I, I know. I probably did. Yes. yes. I probably did because it ruined my whole day. Yes. Irregardless. Now is, we're not going to tell the, we're not going to tell y'all simple asses nothing now. No. Irregardless. You can say it now. It's a real word. It's going to be a mess all summer. <laughs> It's crazy though because I when when I would hear you know people use irregardless like I always thought irregardless was bird language. It but, is. Um, it is. Right. <laughs> don't change. Don't change your stance. Stay, stand in it. Just because Webster says so yeah. now. <laughs> no, stand in it. Stand in your truth. <laughs> oh What's man. The, what does the word say? Don't be of the world. You don't be. What is it? What is it? Can you don't not? be in. Don't be of the world. Be. I don't remember. Not, Something not, like that. You know. Uh, it's been a while. But you know, I mean, I've been to church, but I'm trying to figure out in what context to say this. But I'm just going to stop myself here. Yeah. <laughs> just because the world tells you that it's okay to, to to use that word, don't let the devil lead you astray. Yes, the yes. Lord says, don't say it irregardless. <laughs> <laughs> Paulations three yeah. verse ten. <laughs> so yes, I'm like I'm like I saw it and I was like I had I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. Um, yeah, people are emboldened now. Just how Trump has emboldened, uh, you know, these uh, back backwards individuals to to now do what they do. Now we have people. I guess Web- Webster is now um, emboldened individuals to use this word, irregardless. Yeah, but all, um, all jokes aside, though, it's it's um, honestly it is it is kind of interesting and kind of cool though because you know there. Especially in, in in America, you know, there's a lot of different vernaculars, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's, you know, there's, you know, what is deemed to be, quote unquote, I guess, the King's English or whatever. And then there's, you know, um, what is it? African-American vernacular. Mm-hmm. You know, we all speak differently. Like And like the definition said, like, we know what it means. You know, yeah. we know what it means. You know what I mean? So it's good that different, you know, cultures and the way that different people speak are, is beginning to be recognized. Yeah. Um, on a larger scale. So all, I still don't like that word. It still makes my ears cringe, but <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, you know, it, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Stay <laughs> tuned because I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. Yeah, and so many of y'all use it. Comes from. So many of y'all use it irregardlessly. So they might. Work. <laughs> I that. Oh man! Thank you for pissing I, me off. Listen, I had to bring it up. I was like, listen, I know that this is your favorite word, so let me bring it up. Yes. So <laughs> we are now on to my favorite section of the show. It is now time for the big up of the week. Watch it. You for big up, big up. All of the woman them big up, big up. All of the girl, them big up, big up. All of the woman, them big up, big up. Whoa. 
So this week's Big Up of the Week is to a group of individuals. So there's a lot of organizations that are, I guess, part of this US community walk that took place, you know, uh, earlier today. And it's made up of We Are Flatbush, Food Foundation, but it was really brought to me by, you know, my my newfound homie, Clay Sculps. He is a master barber in Brooklyn. He is from Flatbush. He's also a personal trainer, certified personal trainer, because we got to give people their credentials. That's right. Uh, but he's a community leader and activist. And so he um, organized, well, he and, and, and um, other organizations, because he doesn't like to take credit so <laughs> for things. But they have, a group of people have organized um, a US community walk. They've done a couple of them already in the community, but there was one that was done earlier that um, was just really there to, you know, join the community, right? And so their mission is to help break down barriers between community members, businesses, and schools. And again, they've done this several times before. Actually, I think it might have been Thursday um, of last week. They organized like a giveaway where they were giving away fresh produce. They were giving away clothes to people in the community. So this is really a grassroots uh, organization in a sense where you have people from the community taking hold of their blocks, taking hold of their community and filling in where, you know, unfortunately elected officials and whatnot are not, you know, uh, filling in. So I just wanted to big them up because I know we talk a lot about things that, you know, the electeds are doing and what, you know, larger organizations are doing, but we don't necessarily um, highlight and support and promote our, lo- our real local leaders, like the people who actually live in the community who have decided to take a stand. So, yeah, I think that's great. That's, that's really cool. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, like <clears throat> it is going to come down to, you know, to us and those people and people who are actually in the communities to save ourselves, like mm-hmm. not to be able to lean on anyone who's, we can lean on people who are elected officials to change the, the system itself at, on, on a broad basis. But uh, like you said, on a grassroots and on a local basis, it's definitely going to take those people. So that's definitely great to see people take, you know, taking the reins and what um, doing what they need to do to save, um, to save, to save the people. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, what else, um, you know, comes out of this, what else gets birthed out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think that that's what we need to see more. And I think I did a live might've been last I don't know, Sunday probably or Monday, um, a brief live where I, I touched upon that, that, you know, the communities really have to be, have to take more responsibility for what happens within their streets, right? Within yeah. their blocks, within their gates. So definitely, definitely big up to Clay and friends um, for your amazing effort in the community. So, you know, with every high, we have a low. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and this week's womp womp of the week is very <clears throat> Jesus. Now it's it's contagious. Yeah. <laughs> this little throat clearing thing is contagious. Yeah. <laughs> but with every high there's a low, this week's womp womp uh is very controversial. I did an Instagram live this past Thursday on on according to our P's page, and we had a good amount of people in there, and we talked about Christian Cooper and Amy Cooper. Because, you know, last, I think it was last week, the news article came out that the bird watcher, the black bird watcher, as they, mm-hmm. as they call him, mm-hmm. Christian Cooper, 
which is the man that was, you know, falsely accused of threatening a white woman and her dog in Central Park, um, refused to cooperate with, you know, the district attorney's office with respect to the prosecution or the potential prosecution of Amy Cooper. And so I wanted to know what the people thought about it because I had posted the article, reposted the article on my page, and there were just so many different comments. There were sympathizers of Christian saying, you know what, he's a victim. We, you know, we have to respect his decision of not wanting to move forward. They could just use the videotape, that's all. And then there were others who were really outraged that were like, no, this is more, this is bigger than Christian Cooper. Right. This is, a, you know, this is the, the start of something big and him opting not to pursue charges and to prosecute this woman is just ridiculous. And so um, I consider him to be the womp womp of the week because I feel like I agree with those people who are outraged. This is bigger than you, sir. Um, and I think that everybody has a place in the movement. And I think that this is, you know, with him deciding not to move forward, it's a missed opportunity um, to, you know, make strides in this already cracked system. Right. And I, and I would agree with you, you know, 100%. I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, there, there's a swath of, of people, you know, um, you know, in our community who, uh, you know, who, who subscribe to a level, I believe of, uh, like respectability mm-hmm. politics. Um, and especially when it comes to, this country definitely has a history of, um, you know, white women being viewed through an eye of um, uh, what's virtue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that other women um, and other people in general just are not are not given. So to me, for Christian to say, you know, that he believes that, you know, this woman who made up this entire lie about him, um, about, uh, you know, and, and fed into the stereotype of him being a big black male brute, you know, mm-hmm. attacking her in the park and going so far as to calling the police and telling them that he was attacking her, you know, knowing what the repercussions and, and ramifications of that would be for you to now come out and say that you believe that this woman who wanted to see, you know, violence inflicted upon you and harm done to you solely because you were a black man who told her what to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, for you to now come out and say, well, I think that she suffered enough. You know, knowing what she wanted to see done to you, I think that that is, you know, reminiscent of, uh, you know, people, you know, giving giving white women the benefit of the doubt or not, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, or, or looking at them as they like, I don't feel like people would give that type of benefit of the doubt or that type of grace. That's the word I'm looking for, that type of grace mm-hmm. to to a black woman or to, you know, or to any to anyone else almost, you know. But it's like, why do you feel as though she's suffered enough? And yeah. furthermore, like like you said too, it's it's when you videotape these things. Like I know his sister videotaped it, but you were you were on the news networks giving the interviews. You were talking about, you know, you're not going to allow yourself to be, you know, a victim. You're not going to allow yourself to be. I'm recording this so that you know I'm not going to allow myself to be uh, destruct destructed or whatever he said. I I, I can't remember exactly, mm-hmm. but. Why do that? Why go on this tour, this media tour? Why talk about systemic racism? Why talk about these things if you're if you're not going to follow through? Yeah. One would think that you would realize that this when you put things like that into the world and everyone takes a grasp of it and you know you have people who can 
identify with this type of situation, you know, especially as black men who have been, you know, stereotyped and demonized by the media and by white women for years. You look at Emmett Till, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As, you know, these big black brutes and we just want to, you know, how many black men have lost their lives through our history in this country because a white woman lied on them and said Mm -hmm. that they were violent towards them, you know, and they weren't, you know, it's bigger than you. Yeah. You know, and for you to then take that step back and, and for you to make it about, well, I feel like she's done enough. I don't want to see her, you know, you know, because she got a few, you know, because she got her feelings hurt on the Internet because she lost her job. You know, like this would set a precedent, you know, for for legislation and policy, uh, you know, throughout this, this. That's the city, definitely. But maybe throughout even the entire country, you know, that would say that you can't do this. Yeah. So I think it was a missed opportunity, you know, for you to be able to really effectuate change. And you, I think you really lost sight of the broader picture, which is not to be more concerned about this white lady and her feelings, um, you know, but you should be more concerned about, you know, the fact that this is going to happen again to another black man now. Yeah. You know? And it's interesting you said that the that part about, you know, why go on this this tour? Why get on the soapbox to talk about racism in this country and your position mm-hmm. as a black man, all this stuff, when you're not going to be an agent of change? Right. Like, what was all that for, right? And I think that, you know, with the individuals who sympathize with him and are like, you know what? She's, you know, you know, what was he supposed to do or what's he supposed to do? Make her suffer more. You know, I really, I really feel like people do not understand white society, right? With somebody like Amy Cooper, she wasn't just a cashier at like, I don't know, mm-hmm. freaking, um, <laughs> it was, it was, it happened in New York at like, I don't know, key food, right? Right. She wasn't, you know, some like, you know, mailroom clerk or whatever. She was like a top exec or she was an executive. She was in a high position at her job. Now, I totally believe that the reason that she was terminated was because the company didn't want no smoke, right? Everybody's trying to distance themselves away from like anything discriminatory, anything racist. But that doesn't mean that deals aren't being made or deals weren't made on the side to get her a job somewhere else. Correct. Because of her talent. And people are like, oh, well, she know if she lost her apartment, she's going to get another apartment. You don't think, I mean, people, green is what is the language that, that, that speaks, right? Correct. You think somebody's going to be like, oh no, we don't want you here because we saw that, you know, news clip of you or whatever the case is. No, she's going to find somewhere else to live probably better. Yes. She's going to get another job if she doesn't already have one. Right. Like, the white people do take care of their own, like when these things happen. I mean, this like white people commit these types of, you know, crimes all the time and they go on to thrive and to flourish and, and to do, you know, amazing things after they've upended and destroyed the lives of black people, right? Yeah. So um I definitely am on that same page with you as well that, you know, like this for me, I find it to be a missed opportunity. And everybody who's saying that, well, they have the video, that should be enough. Like when we're talking about, you know, char- you know, charging somebody with criminal, with criminal, with you know, with a crime, right? And we're talking about the process of actually prosecuting them and being able to get, you know, some sort of justice because people are concerned about the slap in the wrist thing. I mean, is there going to be a slap in the wrist? Of course, she's a white woman. You know, I don't, you know, from from 
she'll yeah. be able to get hire a great attorney. Exactly. You know, she has the exactly. She has the means. She has the status. She has no criminal history, at least none that I've seen that has made the, the news. So of course, she's going to get a slap on the wrist. However, it's a slap on the wrist. Right. It's more than it's, it's better than be nothing. Given. Exactly. Because I don't think any of us are necessary. No one really wants to see this woman like, what do you think? What do, we, what do we think? We want her to have to get the death penalty? No. Or we want her to spend the rest of her life in jail? No. But she needs to feel, and not just her. And again, it's bigger than Christian. And it's exactly. Than the white supremacist system needs to know that it is being dismantled. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like the, the like she'll be able to get another job. She'll be, get, she'll be able to get another apartment. That's because the network of white supremacy is so pervasive and so ingrained and woven into this society. There are people who support what she did. There are people who legitimately look at her and can say, I understand how you feel. I would be fearful for my life too. Some uh, there's a big black guy talking to you, like, like, like talking to me. I, I, I feel like you did the right thing. You didn't know mm-hmm. what he was going to do. You know how they are. You know what I mean? So she has a, she has legions of supporters. Yeah. You know, especially in New York City, you think the real estate market is it really cares about how, you know, a white woman talks to a black man. I mean, look at Trump, who who owns half the real estate market in New York City. Right. Right. But to your but to your point that you were making, you know, it's not about and this goes for both of them. It's not about where it's not about her going. It's not about Amy Cooper uh, being severely punished. Mm -hmm. It's not about Christian Cooper being okay and at peace with what happened. It's about you know, a, a mindset and a, and, a, and a school of thought in this country and a system in this country um, that uh, is called white supremacy mm-hmm. and, and white supremacist thought. And they, there has to be a clear message. We have to be a country that stands on the tenets that that particular mindset, that school of thought, it has to crumble. It has to come yeah. down. And, we, and if we're really about making change we as people as black people like we have to follow through and the system has to also follow through and ensure that you know these things go don't go unchecked exactly or it's gonna happen again and it's a message to all of the you know the karens gertrudes and beckys that you know you can't just go around doing this that something more than just losing your apartment is going to take place possibly a criminal record and it might just be a slap in the wrist right now today in 2020 2021 but 5 years from now 10 years from now it might be more than a slap in the wrist it might actually be something that might stick you know to your criminal record and no white person wants to have a criminal record Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody wants to go through, none of them want to go through that. No Gertrude or Karen wants to have a criminal record. But if they start seeing that these cases are going to be prosecuted because these Karens, these white women, they, they don't fear anybody. Like they talk back to law enforcement and they'll get in their car and drive away. Yeah. It's a completely different uh, experience with law enforcement. Yeah. You know, with, when you're not black. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm, you know, again, everybody's entitled to their opinion, to the way that they feel. But I think that we need to start thinking on, you know, a larger scale when it comes to these things. Yes, the system is broken. Yes, the criminal justice system is unfair. We're not saying anything new here. Like nobody, nobody's saying that it is fair and that justice for all. But that does not mean that we let these white people go and we don't, you know, fight for the equality. If we're fighting for equality, we got to fight it on all fronts. It can't just be, oh, in certain areas. We need to fight it on all fronts. And when we are being, you know, victimized, 
terrorized and, and when, when we are being terrorized and when crimes are being committed against us, we have to be just as, you know, bold to, you know, to call for the heads of these people. Yeah. So and, 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 and even going back to him, like I said, being on that on that media parade, it's like, you know, if you're not for black liberation, if you're not, you know, if you're if you're not down for the cause, just shut up and get <laughs> out of the way. Up. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you if it weren't and I know that he didn't record it, and I wonder I know his sister recorded it. I wonder if he's upset with his sister for even more upset with his sister for recording and putting it out there than he is with Amy. He could <laughs> be. You know, because it's like, I just, you know, I, I feel like even from the onset, he was kind of like, oh, you know, well, and I agree, like death threats and all that. That's that's insane. crazy. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to do all that. But does she does, does she need to understand, you know, and feel the repercussions of, of this in some way, shape or form? Sure, she does. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. so but like I said, if you're, if you're not going to follow through with it, if you don't understand the, the weight that was on your shoulders and, you know, and especially as, as a black man you know, what the type of precedent that you could have, you, like you said, it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. And if you weren't willing to follow through with it, bro, you should have just kept it. Sat moving. down. That's <laughs> that what you should have done. Sat down. Your food. That's exactly you, what you should <laughs> Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, but this situation to me has just signaled that there's a lot more education that needs to happen with our people because, you know, them seeing it as well, you know, nothing happened though. And it's like, are you kidding me? Something could have happened, could have happened. but for. You wanted for it something to happen. Yeah. You got to look at intent and every other, like, come on law school, intent. What was the, <laughs> what was the intent? The intent was for this black man to be handled mm-hmm. by the police and no, no matter how they, how they do it. And, and you know, it's, we're not talking about, Amy was not like a, this, you know, she wasn't a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this is a liberal, white liberals, white white lady in Manhattan, um, who, from what I understand, donated to like the Clinton campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so this is this is someone who you would think, you know, with, with her politics, is someone who would be aware of social justice issues because you know if you're voting liberal, those are these are all things that are like major ticket items, mm-hmm. you know, for most liberal candidates. You know, but white um, women liberals are the most dangerous group, though. White female liberals are the most dangerous group. They are more dangerous, in my opinion, than a white Republican woman. I I, I think that they uh, will do anything, uh, you know, to preserve whiteness. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I think that that's the that's the dangerous of of white suprem of white supremacy. Your their their perceived skin color um, and, super, and the, the perceived superiority that goes with that for people who 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 think that way. It will trump everything. It will trump all common sense. It will mm-hmm. trump, you know, they, I, I would imagine that on a normal day, this woman wouldn't even want to see any type of like violence, you know, done towards anybody. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But because you're not thinking common sense, because you feel like you're being confronted because your, your whiteness is being confronted because a black man is telling you to do something, you know, now you're all your common sense is out the way and you just want to see, you, you want to put this person back in line. You can't talk to me that way. Excuse mm-hmm. me. I'm a white woman. <laughs> you know, yeah, you yeah. can't talk to me like that, you know? Um, so yeah, I, and I, I definitely believe that I, I, I think that liberal women, um, w- while I support, you know, I support all women and I definitely support like, you know, the liberal and feminist movements and womanist movements and things of that nature. But you do have to watch out for, for, for liberal white women. Yeah, because they're in your midst. That's, that's yeah. what makes them so dangerous. That's it. 
they, they're like, in yeah. your midst like a snake in the grass. A conservative white woman or a southern, you know, like you know, or, or you know, they they will stay in their own communities in their own section. They won't. They don't like you because you're black, and they ain't gonna mess with you. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you know that. Yes, That's the thing you Whereas know that these women they'll be at your job, they'll be in your schools, they'll be fighting for your causes. Correct. They'll move into your neighborhood. You know, they'll move into they'll they'll move into Washington Heights and then complain to the police that you know the bachata music is too loud. It's like <laughs> yeah, you, know you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So yeah, you you you're right. I agree. Yeah. Uh. Boy. Well, <laughs> that's the womp womp. Womp womp. <laughs> womp womp. Yeah. Um, so I guess these other topics, I mean, I they're not I'm not subscribing them to be whether womp womps or big ups. We're just gonna be talking yeah, from cool. now on. So I know that you had posted the article about uh Jillian and Eric Wustenberg <clears throat> from Michigan. Yes. Um, for those of you who do not know, the this is the woman, and I guess the, the dynamic duo that pulled a gun out on this mother and daughter in, I guess, a Chipotle parking lot. Chipotle Chad and Chipotle Karen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so people were going crazy over this, right? Like this this situation, and then this this this. <sighs> I mean, I'm going to let you explain the story, but this situation has caused a lot of people to support this movement now for blacks to be strapped. Yes. Right. Um, so uh, first, of all, first of all, I want to thank you for um, dealing with my, my post nasal drip. It's, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten really bad with the weather change. So, you know, if you, I know we were talking about the, the clearing the throat. This got really bad. So I'm going to, I'm trying to make it through, but anyway, <laughs> Um, yeah, so Chipotle, Ch- Karen, Chipotle, Chad, we're at Chipotle, um, young black, uh, 15-year-old lady, um, uh, excuse me, 15-year-old girl, rather, excuse me, was, uh, walking, I guess, I don't know who was walking and who was out, but they bumped into one another, her, the Jillian and the, and the girl, they bumped into one another and, you know, uh, Jillian didn't say, excuse me. So the, um, the young girl is like, you know, you didn't say, excuse me. And Jillian just, you know goes on this whole tirade yelling and screaming at this child about, you know, you're in my space and, you know, I don't have to say anything to you and you shouldn't have been in my space. Um, so, you know, this 34 year old woman gets into a verbal altercation with the 15 year old. <clears throat> um, and so then the 15 year old's mother steps in, um, you know, and they then have a verbal altercation. And then her husband, um, a 30 something year old man, then jumps into the altercation between these women and uh, basically en- engages in an argument with a woman and a 15-year-old girl. Um, so now during the exchange, <clears throat> um, there's accusations, obviously, by the, by the Black um, family, you know, that their conduct and their demeanor um, led them to believe that they were racial undertone, that they were, that they were being racist, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, you know, Jillian vehemently denies. You know, she's like, you can't go around calling people racist, and I'm sorry if somebody ha- something happened to you. I care about you. I care about everybody. Um, but the husband, he's, like, basically telling to the mom and the, and the daughter <clears> – <throat> Who do you think you are? Who you can't talk to me like that? Who do y'all think y'all are? <laughs> hmm. And the mother uh, says to him, you know, if you touch me, I'm going to. <laughs> if you touch me, I'm going to beat your. Ass, I'm going to beat your white ass, and I'm going to beat your wife's white ass. <laughs> 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 Let me take a pause for the cause. 
<sighs> but that's what she says to him. <laughs> um, and so she basically, at that point, they get into the car. The white couple gets into the car and the woman is basically like, you know, I'm not racist and, you know, I'm sorry if that happened to you. I care about your life, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Now, at this point, the mother is behind the car um, and the husband pulls out and they're trying to speed out. They're still like arguing back and forth. Um, he tries to pull out and almost hits the mother with the car. And so mm-hmm. then, of course, that riles up, you know, uh, you know, our people again, as it should, because you almost hit my mother mm-hmm. <laughs> with your car. Don't, and don't so mess with mama. Jillian, yeah. And then Jillian then decides to take it upon herself to get out of her car with a weapon, a loaded gun, point it at a child, 15 year old child. Now, let's keep this in mind. Hmm. And her mother and basically threatens to tell them, if, you know, tells them that they don't leave her alone or back up, you know, like she's going to shoot them. Like, I don't know if she said she was going to shoot them, but I mean, you have a gun cocked and, and pointed at them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. And I what, think I remember seeing the clip. She was like, waving. it was like it was oh, waving yeah. shakily. So she could have accidentally pulled that trigger oh, yeah. at any point. She was, she was hot. She was. And, and I'll even go as far as to say that she was scared. We'll, we'll touch more on that later. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so uh, she was arrested. Her and the husband, I believe. She was definitely arrested, I think, for felony assault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were charges brought. He gave like this whole interview where she was crying and shaking and wheezing and talking about how she was so fearful for her life, you know, in that moment. And she just didn't know what to do. Um, and so she pulled this her, uh, her gun out on these people. And I just have a question because I want to know when, uh, when did getting your ass cussed smooth out become a deadly weapon um, or deadly force? which could then validate you being able to pull out a gun on people because I need to know. Never, never I, I, in my, in my know. years. <laughs> I didn't know, you know how, you know, cause that way I know how to act from going, going forward. You know what I, I mean? mean? I mean, clear, clearly there are some new rules and protocols that have been put into place that me and you know. are not privy to. I didn't know how I many, cause I know I've been cussed out. I've been cussed out and I've cussed people out, <laughs> but you know, there's never, I've never had a gun drawn on me. I've never drawn a gun on anyone else. I've never had a desire to even do that. No, you know, because somebody says something to me that I don't like. And you can ask my wife, I get into, there's something about me. I don't know what it is, but every time I walk out of the door, I get into, there's some, some, some type of drama happens with me and the Target parking lot or <laughs> down at the Aldi or, you know, at the post office, at the gym. It's always, I'll, 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 trouble just finds me. Mm. You know what I mean? But you I pray never, about that spirit, sir. Maybe, maybe. He's but, anointing. Maybe. <laughs> but I've never had the desire to pull a gun on anybody just because somebody says something to me that I don't like. Well, and, normally I attribute that to mental illness. I mean, I've seen instances where <laughs> somebody don't like something and they slice them up right quick, right? With with a yeah. box cutter or something. Right. Um, I've actually seen these things with my eyes, but usually there's some sort of, I always attribute some sort of mental illness. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> and, and I mean... And I mean, we don't have to do a deep dive in this, but I mean, I, I assume the mental illness here would be racism because yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just sorry, but to me, like there are people, there are people making arguments that, well, you know, <clears throat> they, they elevated the, the black family, elevated the, the argument and, you know, they, sh- they're the ones who made it about race talking about, you know, I'll beat your white ass and I'll do this and I'll do that. And so I understand why they were fearful. And sometimes we do it to ourselves. And to that, I say, that's complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, this is a child. This is a 15 year old child, a mouthy child. She got a lot of shit to say. You know what I'm saying? I will say that, but a child, nonetheless, you are an adult, Jillian. You know what I mean? Like, but that's the thing. You guys look at 
<clears throat> you know, black children and you don't see children. You no. see a black, you see a full grown woman, you see a full grown man, <clears throat> you know? So in your mind, you think that it actually makes sense for you to be fearful of a 15 year old child and her parent with no weapons in sight, no threats, no threats to kill you, no threats to shoot you or anything of that nature. You know what I mean? Just for asking you to do the, to be a decent human being and say, excuse me, when you bump into people and I will attest to the fact that a lot of people don't, they do not move out of the way <laughs> when you're walking. How many times you've been walking down the sidewalk in, in New York and you play that game of, okay, who's going to move first mm-hmm. all the time. Who's going to move first? Who, who, be me. who, who has the right of way? <laughs> and they never move out of the way. White women. I'm sorry. you like, you know what I mean? Uh, they, they just don't do it. You know what I mean? So, but for some reason you think it's because again, just like Amy, because somebody black says something to you that you don't like, you think that you now are, you know, you're being threatened. You know what I'm saying? So you think that you have the right to pull out a gun on somebody because you got cursed out or because somebody says something to you that you don't like. And I, I believe her when she says that she was afraid, but I think it's sad that she was afraid because you weren't afraid because they pulled out a gun. You weren't afraid because they pulled out a machete. You weren't afraid because they called 8,000 men or women to come and, and you know, perform a, do a gang assault on you. You were afraid because a black woman and a black child told you that they were going to beat your ass. Chipotle <laughs> parking lot. You decided to pull out a gun because black skin is, in your mind, a deadly weapon. It's and equivalent to the gun. Correct. It should be met. You can meet that type of force. Black 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 skin is a is a force that can be met with a deadly weapon in your mind. Ridiculous. And that's why people are are more so jumping on that train, that NFAC train. <laughs> <laughs> which is to get yourself armed, get that gun education and get a gun in your house, learn how to use it and protect yourself, you know, especially in these states that are open carry states. Like if the white people can openly carry their weapons, then you need to get on that bandwagon too. A lot of people are are about that are about that weapon life now, that that gun life, first protection. I mean, you're in Chipotle trying to get a meal somebody bumps into you that ends up being a verbal altercation and then next thing you know a gun is being waved in your face right it's crazy and i will i'll say too like i had i grew up i grew up in the south you know we had guns um we had a gun you Mm -hmm. know and i no actually no (laughs) we had guns let me take that back you know in in our house um you know but i had never felt the the need to own a gun or anything of that nature. Honestly, until I saw this particular situation and my wife and I, we just had this conversation. I had conversations with friends. Like a lot of us feel this way now. It's like, we have got to, we, we need, we need to own guns. Like yeah. to protect your family, to protect yourself. Um, you know, you know, we need to be trained, you know, and go about it in a legal way. Mm-hmm. But what, 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 what scares me even about that <clears throat> is that, you know, <clears throat> a black, a, a white person with a gun, there was this article I was reading about this, uh, this these two separate rallies um, that took place in Fredericksburg, Virginia, where there was like a group of white people. And we see it all over the country, like when they come out to their protests and they have their rifles and they have their guns and, you know, they, they b- proudly brandish them or, or carry them around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're, you know, uh, they're actually, you know, they're preserving their Second Amendment right, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but whenever you see a black person with a gun, you know, let a, let a group of black people who did the same thing, they came to their protest or their rally and, you know, where there were, you know, people there, white people there with guns and they came with their guns that they 
um, had a license to open carry. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they're labeled as, you know, look, they're violent. They're brandishing weapons. They're, yeah. you know, and it's like, so a black person with a gun, it still is with a, with a legal gun still isn't looked at as the same way as a white person with a legal gun. So I'm just mm-hmm. afraid that, you know, having a gun, you know, even if you have a license to hold it, is that just going to give the police more of a, of, of a reason to be fearful or more of a, in their mind, a right to shoot you? Look at Philander Castile, you know, mm-hmm. he, had, he had a gun, um, you know, in his car. He told the officers that he had a gun. He had a license for it, you know, and the officer still shot and killed him in front of his child and yeah. his wife, you know. So like on his way home from church, <laughs> you know what I mean. So like I, I, I just don't know what to do. I feel like we're 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 at an impasse. What do you yeah. think? I mean, I I have the same sentiments as you. I mean, I am not a gun person whatsoever. I don't like guns. I've never wanted to own guns. I don't like them either. Yeah, but the thing is, is that as I'm seeing all of these things take place, I understand why people. Because before I used to be like, why you got to get a gun for? You know, I would yes, be anti-gun. Absolutely. Just like I'm anti-motorcycle. I'm just like, no. I'm not doing the motorcycle. I'm, I'm, definitely yeah. motorcycle. I'm like, no, you cannot. But, you know, now that I'm actually like, you know, seeing these things play out before my eyes more and more, it's particularly in these other states, right, where there's open carry laws and things like that. Um, I'm just like, you know what? If if I'm going to die anyways, I'd rather die fighting. <laughs> I'd rather die, you know, yeah. I'd I'd, ra- I'd rather die fighting. I'd rather die busting busting bullets, yeah. busting caps. If that's the if that's the case, I understand. Yeah, that's how I that's how I feel at this point. <clears throat> if I'm gonna get killed anyways, I might as well go down, you know, with a fight because I do think that it, we are in an impasse. Right? You don't have the gun, you don't have the weapon to protect yourself. You know, you're asked out. Yeah. You have the gun. <laughs> they're just gonna shoot a little quicker. Correct. They might shoot you a little quicker, right? Yeah. You're, you know, it's like either way you're asked out, but I'd rather be asked out with another body on the floor next to me. Yeah. And I mean, and if you, and if, you know, with all the school shootings and things that, you know, like that going on in the country, mm-hmm. and, you know, gun control issues, if you want to see these Republicans get real about gun control, let a bunch of black people start owning guns. Oh yeah. That reform <laughs> will happen real quick. <laughs> let a bunch of black people start owning guns in this country. And you, and you see what happens to, with, with gun reform. You see what, what, with hasten with quicken steps. Yep. You take yep. To, uh, to to reform gun laws in this country. And that's probably what we need to do. If that you know for that goal, you know, in and of itself, just that goal, just to reform it, we might have to do that because I really do believe, like you said, that um, reform will take place if more and more black people own guns. Because now, when you rolling up, when these vigilantes are rolling up on black people, they don't know what they're going to be met with. Correct. And that fear alone, you know, should have them stay in their place. But, um, and you know, what I love about these stories though, is the, is, is that, uh, is that, I guess is that what that white, that white response, the tears, the, I'm not racist, the, I can't believe this. I'm I'm fearful for my life. It's the same storyline each and every time. It's the same storyline. It never changes. It's like, I could just, I could go and perform that skit. Yeah. And for people to say like, you like, you know, she's, well, she said she's not racist and they're the ones who brought a race. Like, I don't see how, you know, she was being racist. She was afraid. It's like, I'm sorry, but if you can look at a black person, and your response to them saying something to you that you don't like is the it's for you to believe and become so afraid 
of them that you would pull out a gun on them. That's racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, he were, and, and even, you know, we can take it to a microaggression level. Even the fact that, like, you know, you bump into somebody and you don't say excuse me and they confront you about it and you tell them to get out of your space. You know, like Ta-Nehisi Coates t- talks about in, in, in his book Between the World and Me about, like, how, like, you know, white kids are raised to believe that all the space is theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you see a little white kid in the city uh, riding on, on a tricycle, he talks about this in his book. And, you know, the little kid would run right over your foot or bump right into you. And the parents don't say to him, you know, oh, say excuse me, say you sorry. Little Johnny just keeps riding all around, all around, all around that sidewalk because little Johnny is being trained and raised to believe that all this space is yours, Johnny. All this world is yours. You can do whatever you want. You can mm-hmm. run through the store. You can do whatever it is that you want. Whereas we as black families and black parents, for the most part, we're teaching Johnny, Johnny, when we walk, I mean, no, with Jamar, Jamari, when we're walking down the street, Hold my hand when we're on the sidewalk. Hold my hand. Do not mm-hmm. run off. If you bump into someone, you say, excuse me. Do not interrupt people. Like, you know, we're always teaching our kids how to, you know, and, and I, like to be respectful, but to also survive. Those are survival skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so to me, by you bumping into this little black girl, not saying anything, you know, and then when she confronts you about it, talking about this is my space. You should be, That's a microaggression. You know, mm-hmm. that's racist, too. You know what I'm saying? Y'all think racism, racism is not just clan robes and, you know, uh, not only overt. it's not all that There's, it, it's, it's woven into how you, how, how, how you all were raised and the mindset that you have and the belief systems that you have about your standing in this country, you're standing in the world. Um, you know, so yeah, you can say, oh, you know, I believe all, you know, black lives matter, but it didn't, it didn't matter enough for you to even say, excuse me, because you bumped into somebody. Mm-hmm. You're lying. You're lying. Jillian. <laughs> you know, you're, you're lying Jillian to yourself. Jillian and friends. Yeah, Jillian and friends, you're lying to yourself. Y'all are racist. That's the first step. Realize that you're racist and then try to do the work to untangle it. <laughs> don't, don't pull out guns on people because you're mad because somebody bumped into you. Yeah. You're mad because somebody said something to you that you didn't like and because they're black. Yeah. You're racist, baby. Sorry to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about uh, more racism. Yes. Uh, Brianna Taylor. Now, I mean, it's. This is a I know. Well, we we, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Brianna Taylor, you know, till this day, we're still calling for people to be arrested and charged. You know, it's the same story every day. You know, it's like it's to the point where sometimes we forget that. Wait, it still hasn't happened yet. You know, a month later, it's like we still are waiting for them to be arrested and charged, right? Like this is this is ridiculous at this point. Yeah. But um, this week, I have seen you know a lot of articles and even um, you know other talk show hosts that were uh, doing Instagram lives and IGTVs with respect to this new piece of information that has surfaced regarding the Brianna Taylor story. Cause I can't say investigation because the cops still ain't doing their job and the mayor still is not doing his job. Instead of uh, investigating and arresting people, the mayor is celebrate, you know, is, is getting engaged in having parties and all this other stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. More, imp- he has more important things to do clearly than, <sighs> and the mayor is black, mind yes. you. Yes, he is. A black mayor. And so is the um, attorney general. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting how we have black people in power 
Um, and still nothing is being done. But I digress. Yes. Yes. We'll talk about skin folk and kin folk later. Yes. <laughs> so a gentrification scheme has come has come to light with respect to the Breonna Taylor um, situation. In a, in in the part, and you can correct me or or add to it, but basically what I've gotten from what I've read and what I've been hearing is that I guess the 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 block or at least the building mm-hmm. where Brianna Taylor was in, right, the home, the, the area where Brianna Taylor is in, there's been a plan to gentrify this for quite some time now, and I guess they're having a hard time getting the black folk out, right, getting mm-hmm. the people out of the neighborhood, um, right. and so they're claiming in a sense that this no knock order and this, this, this whole thing was orchestrated this whole, you know, killing in a sense, this is exactly what it is. This, this murder in a sense was orchestrated to just gentrify the neighborhood. Yeah. That's, that's all like, had there, had there not been a need to gentrify this particular neighborhood there, there, we would not have even seen this no knock order for narcotics and whatever the hell they alleged to be looking for. This would never have been issued. Brianna Taylor would still be alive, but they were looking for criminality so that, you know, cause once you arrest people, you lock them up, you put them in jail. What happens to their property? Right. Right. There's because, no, um, because property. Exactly. Yeah. So now, then, now the, the yeah. yeah, the company. I mean, the the or the uh, the the community, the the officials or whatever can then take over this, mm-hmm. and the developers can go on and do whatever the hell they wanted to do with this particular property. It's no right. longer yours anymore. Right. And so, this is what is has surfaced up, and they're saying that this is why the mayor, um, the police department. Mm-hmm. And other officials are not investigating and are not bringing forth the murderers of Breonna Taylor because if they were to do such a thing, this entire scheme, this entire gentrification plot would come to light. And so, yeah, and I heard, you know, one woman put it very, very, um, you know, said it very well, said that, you know, the blood of Breonna Taylor would then be on the hands of not just those officers that killed her, but the police department as a whole, the mayor, the the city officials and the community even like Breonna's blood is on everybody's hands if this is in fact true. And I have no reason to believe that it's not true because we have seen this happen all throughout, you know, our, our inner cities, all throughout neighborhoods where black people live and, 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 and white people want. We have seen this take place time and time again. Some, some you know, in more subtle ways, right? Listen, I'm s- like, oh, shocking. <laughs> Um, yeah, like this is not shocking. It's <laughs> it it pisses me off even more so because it's just like once again um, we're getting more and more evidence that this girl died for nothing. Yeah, and look and look and look at what's at play here. We have you know things that Black people have been screaming about and how you know about uh, terrorizing our communities for for decades. You got the you know corporations and the police working hand in hand. You have city governments, uh, you know, unfairly targeting minorities um, and minority communities. You have gentrification. These are all things, you know, that are now coming into play. You know, the, the um, over criminalization of, of drug possession, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the, 
the disregard for black women. All these things have now intersected in this one case. You know what I mean? Like, because on top of all that, you know what I mean? Like black women, when these things happen to black women, they still don't get the type of press, the type of attention, uh, you know, uh, as when these incidences happen to, to black men. So on top of, you know, the, the, you know, racial implications and the, you know, the, the, the racist um, structure of the criminal justice system, you know, falling down as black women, you also have, you know, the fact that in our own communities, a lot of times, you know, black women, you know, don't get the advocacy, you know, that black men get, you know, on the other, on the other hand. So this to me is just, it's so much going on, uh, you know, and it just speaks to so many issues, you know, that are going on, you know, in, in regards to, in, to, to, to black women yeah. um, and black people in general, but definitely black women. Um, you know, it's, um, and I want, I'm, I'm with you. I 100% believe, you know, that this all, just from what I've read and from the evidence that, you know, the, the, the everyone is claiming to have Brianna's family rather is claiming to have, um, you know, points to that. This was a gentrification ploy gone wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's sad. And that's disgusting that we will allow capitalism and greed, you know, in fact, you know, People, an organization that's supposed to be here to protect people, you know, being the police department um, and an unbiased entity, you know, you would assume that, you know, a, an elected official like the mayor, like, sure, people have political parties, but, you know, how was the police department? The police is not a political party, you know? So mm-hmm. how do you automatically just align with them and work with them to, you know, on this gentrification scheme? Like, it's just, it's just a yeah. lot. It's it's really disgusting. It's really disgusting to me. It's and it's this is why people feel powerless as well too because we have been calling for justice for Brianna Taylor for how many months now? Ugh. I mean, I mean, how many months? It's been several it's months. Happened. Was it March? Like <laughs> February, March? Like I don't. I mean. It's 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 ridiculous to me how there is no real movement and and it's not even because of lack of trying because I was actually personally involved with um, individuals in Louisville mm-hmm. um, to actually draft a a letter to the mayor and call for him to fire these police officers because there was a whole situation where I think the police chief at the time was fired. Um, I don't know if it was exactly with, as a result of this, but he was fired and, but he was about to retire anyway. So it didn't really matter. He was fired. And so there was no police chief, I guess, to effectuate the discharges, right. Per their collective bargaining agreement and the way things are supposed to go. Because again, the unions are, you know, people, we talk about the PD department it's the police union the that union. we really need to focus <laughs> on. And I, and I did a whole live on that. I think it was last Sunday even. Yeah. The police unions are the ones that we need to focus on because yeah. the union contract, like I had to read the union contract to look at the protocol, to, do all, to look at all this stuff in order to even draft a letter to the mayor to make sure that the union policies were still being adhered to, right? Right. Which is crazy. Um, And even after all of that, we still have no movement on the part of the mayor. We still have no movement on the part of these officials to, you know, to make any arrests, to make any real inquiries. 
with respect to these um these these officers right and right. this is why people are frustrated like you have a black man and and goes to your point you know why all uh skin folk and kin folk because you have this black mayor you have these black officials you would think that if anything if there's any time for you to play the race card right as they like to say it Mm -hmm. this would have been the time to play your quote-unquote race card but instead he's busy being engaged having parties. I mean, I think his, I mean, not that it, I guess it, some people might say it doesn't matter, but you know, engaged to a white woman. I saw the picture of his festivities. I didn't see a black person in sight, maybe one, maybe his mama. I didn't, I didn't see his mama, but go on. I, yeah, I, I don't, I, I felt like I saw a black, another black face, but I don't I think, know who that I was. was I think it was a shadow. It might've been a shadow. Yeah. And cause I'm like, I don't, so, you know, so a lot of that goes into it too. There are pictures with him, you know, uh, featured yeah, you with, can love, you can love who you want, but it does kind of speak to, it you speaks know, to the motive and the desire to act. And, and, you know, the fact that, you know, he, I've seen pictures of him with, uh, in the Oval Office with Trump. Yes. With Trump. Yes. So, I mean, you know, he's you whitewashed. Know, and I think he clerked with, uh, or worked for Mitch McConnell. There we go. Whitewashed. He's whitewashed. You know, you know where we at. What do they call, what do they call them? Oreos? I think that's what it is. Why on the inside? I'll let you label that, but I, but yes. I, <laughs> I'm not labeling it. This is an actual <laughs> term. This is about a term, yes. It's an, okay. actual, it's an actual phrase. You know, I, at first I was like, what's that mean? White on the inside, black on the outside. Yes, that's I, what yeah, it is. I, I definitely don't think his politics align with, with, um, with ours. No. Black liberation. Not at all. He is not for the movement. Even in the way he wears his suits, he is not for the movement. Correct. Or that hairline. No, exactly. Not for the movement at all. And it's really, really sad. It's really, really sad because I'm sure that when he was elected, you know, he probably used his skin to appeal to the black people who he is disappointing every second that Breonna Taylor's uh, murderers are not brought to justice. Every second he's disappointing the people. He released a statement and he was like, you know, I'm not going to allow celebrity. I think this is after Beyonce. Um, when Beyonce got the humanitarian award, the BAT award, she's, she used her speech to talk about Breonna Taylor mm-hmm. um, and, you know, to push for justice and wanted to see, you know, her killer be arrested. And he released a statement. Um, I think the next day basically saying he's not going to allow any celebrity, no matter who it is to pressure him or to, or to influence this investigation whatsoever. He's going to make a decision when he's ready to make a decision and, you know, and it's like, just for you to even say that, it just mm-hmm. says to me that you're missing the point. Yeah. And again, it's not about you, sir. It's exactly. about the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a celebrity who says it. Forget the celebrities. Your own community has been calling for it. The entire country has been calling for it. Everyday people that you were elected by have been calling for you to do your job. And you're focused on the celebrities. Focus on those people. You know what I mean? who are asking for you to do your job that you refuse to do because you know that by bringing attention to this, it will take you out of your good, out of, out of the good graces mm-hmm. of the Republican party. Because, you know, sometimes, like I said, you know, all skin folk and kin folk. And then, you know, there's another saying that I say that, you know, some, some black people, some of us want to be the only one of us in the room. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's that also. And he don't want to mess up his spot. He don't want to like do anything to shake the table, even down to covering up the 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 murder of a black woman. You know, your birth mm-hmm. his his mama's a black woman. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But you so entangled in your own selfish aspirations that you're willing to 
let this go under the rug and let her die in vain, you know, like she just doesn't matter, you know, so that you can stay in the good graces of white supremacists and people who wouldn't even look your way or spit on your teeth if your mouth was on fire. <laughs> you know? And it's just, it's just insane to me. It's just insane to me. Well, she doesn't matter to him because, you know, it's a class thing as well, right? Like if, if you if you if you Correct. look at it when it comes to some of these, you know, black individuals, right? Like she doesn't matter. She is expendable to him. And I know that she's expendable because of how all of this is playing out. Mm-hmm. If she was not expendable, if property was not worth more than her life, he would have there would have been action taken right now. If this was a white woman no matter where she was on the class spectrum, Correct. if this was a white woman that was, you know, in her home, in her trailer, even, you know, like, I guess I'm just trying to get the reality here. Like if right. this was just on the, the lowest spectrum, this, this situation, we would not be calling, it would not take us months to call for anybody's uh, uh, job, for anybody's, you know, arrest or anything. It would have been done regardless. Yeah. It would have been done. <clears throat> property, I've never seen property uh, worth more than a white woman's life ever in my life. <laughs> I have not seen this. Even the lowest of the low, I have never seen that scenario play out. I've never seen it. Maybe it's happened, but I've not seen it. So I, I've never seen it. So it's, it's, it's really disgusting. And I, I don't know how, how much more... I mean, we'll keep calling until we can't know more, right? But it's ridiculous how months and months and months are going by and nothing is taking place. It's, it's because, you know, unfortunately, you know, Black women just, to a lot of people, they just don't, they just don't matter. You know, and like I said, even down to the, the media, like the, the you know, if, if it weren't for people speaking up and advocating and pushing them, they wouldn't have been reporting on um, Brianna either. You know, mm-hmm. this for some reason it's more, I don't know what the term is, but like, you know, when it comes to things like this happening to black men, we get all the press, you know? Um, and, and, and even that is substandard. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. not like we get the best press, but we, at least we get some, like, you know, when it comes to black women, they, they got to be pushed to even talk about y'all, to talk yeah, about everything yeah. that happened to you, you know? And, you know, people are saying, well, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's like, she was at home in her bed asleep. Sleeping. How the Sleeping. hell are you in the wrong place at the wrong time when you're in your own home asleep? You know what I'm saying? They said they said the same thing about, what's the guy's name, Botham, um John? Yeah. Yeah, who was, was ice cream. Him. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. In his house, eating ice cream? Like, how... Why are black? Why are we always in the wrong place? Why and, and why is wherever they are, you know, white people are. It's, it's always what, the good place. You know, it's all the right place. Like that's that's well, that's what they were. So they they were just doing their job, you know. And it's just, it's just yeah. insane. It's just insane to me. And I really hope that she gets justice. Um, you know, nothing will bring her back, and her family, you know, will will always suffer. But we can't allow this woman's death to to be in vain, especially over something as trivial as you know property yeah chattel (laughs) disgusting like uh, so our last topic i guess is going to be one that everybody 
has been talking about within the last, I don't know, 24, 48 hours. I wonder what it could be. Uh, I mean, I have, and it's funny because I had three people uh, text me yesterday. Are you going to talk about Jada and Will on your show? <laughs> and I was like, you know, as because I haven't posted anything about uh, Jada and Will on my social media, actually. Right. I have not right. um, for, for, for <laughs> several reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, your social media, you're focused on, you know, social justice issues, you know, things yeah. that, you know, who's, who's hunching, who ain't really on your, on your radar. Exactly. I mean, you know, we have, I mean, we do some entertainment stuff too. Like you know, who shot, if you're somebody who wants to get into a discussion about who shot Tupac, you know, we can get into that, you yeah. know, <laughs> who was, who was greater, big, you know, Jay-Z or Nas, like we can get into those little things yeah. as well too. It's always fun to engage in yes. that stuff, but yeah, the who's hunching who, I mean, it really wasn't, um, it was it really wasn't of interest to me because I feel like Jada and Will have been put their business out on Front Street that they just out there. And I mean, so, I think that we like I don't I don't I, we've always known that they have an unconventional marriage. Now, yeah. how it is, you I know, mean, it really know. wasn't our business, but you know, I'm nosy, yeah. so I was kind of like, well, what y'all be doing, yo? What kind of? I felt like I felt like I've heard about this open marriage thing before, so I was not so shocked. But I think what what I love about this Jada and Will thing is this: it's not the it's not the salacious details so much because again, I feel like I kind of already knew that they were open like that. Um, it's the black Twitter, black uh, entertainment that I'm getting from it. I have used the word entangled and entanglement at least three to four times yesterday for, with for various me, people. For me, that's the that's the only funny part about it for me. Like the, the entanglement thing, I'm like, oh, y'all gonna wear that out. Cause that is <laughs> that is that is hilarious. And I think that's a very interesting way to describe uh, you know, what her and, and August were were engaged in. But if you notice, Will wasn't having it. Will was like an entanglement, excuse yeah. me. Like, no. like, like, come on, like, like, let's, let's be real here. Say what it was. Just yeah. The thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, and, and what's interesting with that is, so, I mean, I always have theories when, when celebrities come out with their, with their dirty laundry, right? I mean, I am not above believing that all of this was orchestrated, meaning mm-hmm. August was like, you know, was was coached to get out there and put this story out. And then Jada and Will would come in with the response because Red Table Talk, I think, got 12 million views. Yeah, it was it was, I think, the highest rated uh, Facebook um, stream ever, ever. Right. And, and And prior to this August situation, I was not really seeing a lot going on with red table talk there was a time when it was hyped you know when it first started and yeah. then it like plateaued or even sank maybe right i actually went back and started watching some of the older episodes after this well after this situation mm-hmm. and they had some great content like they had some great interviews like there's mm-hmm. a father's day one that's excellent but i wasn't watching it like i used to watch it i used to watch it like you said back in the day you know what i mean like, when it first came out it was hot and this you know what i mean but it had definitely tapered off a little bit i think mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely slowed down. Like I wasn't hearing anybody because yeah, like you said in the beginning, everybody was like, yo, did you see that? I mean, it was even coming up on my Facebook. Yeah. And it has not come up on my Facebook for a quite some time. Yeah, you're right. So I feel like I don't know who has another movie coming out. I don't know which one of these kids have an album coming out. 
Um, I don't know if they needed more publicity for Red Table Talk, but that 12 million views business, yeah. I mean, it's telling to me. And then I, I'd heard rumors of a book that's coming out. So mm-hmm. I would not, because see, these celebrities are in these streets, right? We mm-hmm. know they're nasty. We know they're doing all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was some sort of like publicity. A part of it was a publicity stunt, in my opinion, because we're talking about Will and Jada. These people have power, right? They control their narratives. Their narratives. So to have August go rogue and come out on these media platforms to tell his story, Which I'm just me, like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, and I, and I, I certainly don't put it past you know them uh, for making this like a, a publicity stunt. But let's let's say it wasn't mm-hmm. right. And to the point that you just made about how curated and how careful. Will and Jada are about, you know, their narrative and what they share with the public about their relationship. They give us just enough. They don't go into like the details of, you know, let's say they are able to date other people. We don't know who they're dating or what they're dating mm-hmm. or if they even are. You know what I mean? But we do know that for them, that's not a deal breaker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to me, the only issue that I I have with this whole thing, I don't, you know, I don't have an issue with, I didn't think there was anything wrong with Jada having this relationship with August. Um, especially since according to Will and her, the marriage was over. Yeah. We'll say that he made that very clear. So, I mean, you know, she can have a relationship with whoever she wants, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like for August, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, why? And I understand you being hurt. I understand like, you know, being 23 years old, dealing with an autoimmune disease, dealing with death, addiction. And, you know, you find this type of love. Like I, I get, why and you know and then having that person just walk away from you or not loving mm-hmm. you in that at that same level i get how that can break you down i get how you can shat that can make you feel shattered but bro go to therapy hash Seriously. that out or go to jada and hash it out with jada like why what, my only thing was why would you go and and do that and talk about because it's not just your life it's not just your mm-hmm. story that's jada's story you know mm-hmm. that's will's story that's, it's all y'all story. You know what I'm saying? So without their blessing or without, you know, having talked to them about it, what made you think that you could just go on this, on, on I think it was Angela Yee. Well, what made yeah, you? First of all, Angela Yee. Angela I mean, Yee. I, I mean. I didn't want to be the one to say it. I was like, but you gave Angela Yee a scoop, a real scoop. And a real scoop. Yee. Like, come on. Yes. Okay. Thank you for saying that. I didn't want to be the one to say it. Listen, I mean, listen, people can, I mean, I'm not saying that I've made it. I still have a, a long way to go. Oh, I got improvements to make. I'm not, you know, but I'm just saying there. you know, there are different types of uh, interviewers. There are different types of personalities that handle different types of stories, right? Like this is like a gale. Oh my God. This I'm like, is like, <laughs> and, Jada, you went to Angela, and she didn't even have to work for it. Like it's not even like she pulled it out of him. She was no. just like, oh, so tell me about your relationship with Jada. And she just sat back stiff. And he, like, yeah. And and I feel like she didn't even know what to do with it after she got it. Yeah. She, like Gail, Oprah, like they would have they would have followed up on it. Like they would have got some more. Like she didn't even know what to do with it. I don't think she was expecting that. You know what I, I'm saying? Yeah. That and yeah, that's the thing. I mean, out of every I was just very shocked that that's where that's who had the story. Like yeah, Angela Yee cool. is good with her hip hop stuff, you know, with the group, the yeah. the, the, the Breakfast Club, Club like sure. Yeah, but this one-on-one exclusive. You made her damn career. You made her career, August. Definitely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, you, go, you should go to a therapist or, whatever, or you sit down with JD, you sit down with the person. What you don't do is you don't release something like this personal 
you know, to the world, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Especially considering how deep and how personal this relationship seemed to be to you, which yeah. I believe. And now you just, you know what I'm saying? Because people, and you know how I am, people are miserable, people are judgmental, and people are broken. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And you didn't give this to the world, and now people are just running with it. Listen, you know what I'm saying? Listen, because they're miserable. Is, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I was just like, when he was talking to me, he had to tell his truth. Nobody is telling you that you cannot tell your truth, Absolutely but you can tell not. your truth to the therapist. Yes. Tell your truth to your, you know, to your, to your, to your friend. Like you said, tell, tell the truth, you know, write an open letter <laughs> to Jada. Absolutely. But this, this going on television and, and spilling, spilling the tea, spilling the sugar, spilling the beans like yeah. that. Yeah. I had a problem with that too. Like I understand, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's his life too. Yes. But it's not just sure. your life right. when you exactly. are saying all these things, but yeah, I don't, I personally do not care about what Will and Freaky Jada do with no, their I, personal I, I, life. Yeah. Yeah. They're married. If this is what they want to do, that's it. I think if this was not a publicity stunt, what I, I guess, would have wanted from Jada, because she, she comes off as being like, I tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. I'm about my stuff. I own my stuff. You know, I felt like, this whole tiptoe dance that was going around to the point where now you've given us the word of 2020 entanglement. Right. Right. <laughs> I feel like, you know, all of that was, it, it just, it didn't reflect what I, you know, what she puts out. It doesn't reflect what she puts out as like, I, I'm a straightforward. Yeah. I own my stuff. I, yeah. I did it. That was me. I felt like there was a lot of tiptoeing around it mm-hmm. and it, and she wasn't really giving it in my opinion the the real like i guess value or attention or 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 i don't know i don't know no, like I, the weight I, I, the I weight agree. yeah i don't think that she really gave it the real weight by kind of making light of it like yeah you know i wasn't i wasn't tangled and you know this that and the third and she, I, I felt like she wasn't being she brought herself to the red table talk but it wasn't i didn't see the genuineness so much the rawness right. that i would have expected from somebody who self proclaimed like i tell it like it is right and, and, and like you said, you know, you're talking about, you know, it's great. You and Will, you know, seem to have your resources, like, to whatever was going on with y'all's marriage. Y'all were able to work that out. That's why, you know, you were able to break off the relationship with August because you were doing your work to get back to your husband, to get back to your marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, re- I respect that. And I think it's beautiful. You know, people have all these things to say about their marriage, too. But, like, you know, when they made the joke, like, bad marriage for life. And it's like, you know... It, marriages aren't always good you know mm-hmm. what I mean? like there are times when they are bad you know you do have to make the the conscious choice whether or not you're gonna you know be able to deal with the bad and move on to to to, to have more good days mm-hmm. I, so i get that you know what i mean but <clears throat> cool y'all are healed but you you hurt you hurt august you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. you like you know you got into this relationship with this guy you were like you said you wanted to feel good you were, you you were on the rebound you look for the rebound you know what i'm saying and August, like this is a, to a guy who was a, a friend of your child's <laughs> to Mercy. 23 Mercy. when you were like 40, let's say 46, 43 or whatever, in your mid 40s. You know what I'm saying? And he came to you addicted to drugs. He came to you dealing with um, a disease that was basically killing him, uh, you know, dealing with death in his family and having to raise like kids. And he came to you saying that he needed healing. He needed some help. And I'm not saying that, you know, your intentions were bad. To, to begin with, or even when you got with him. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? 
But what you have to understand, like you said, as someone who owns their stuff, you, to me, she didn't, uh, she wasn't accountable enough for me. Did you, have you made sure, is August healed? Have you made sure that you've done the work to make sure that that boy knows that, you know, that you, that you did, that you do love him? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or that he's going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? Cause like three years later, he's still hurt. It sounds yep. like, you know what yeah. I mean? He, I mean, he was like, I wasn't sure. I'm like, where am I? Like, I'm listening to this interview. He sounded like he was like trembling and shaking. Yeah. Everything was a pause. Like, I don't even think that was acting at that point. No, not at all. Um, it's like he was really. I truly do believe that you know this guy, this this boy who's now a man, yeah. was in love with this you know older woman. She was a Miss Robinson to him. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that, you know, he, I mean, because that's usually what happens, right? When you have these older women or older men with these younger, um, um, you know, entangled, entangled partners or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there is usually the younger ones that are so infatuated, so in love, so, you know, with this older individual. So I totally believe that this took place. I don't believe that he's lying about any no, of it. I mean, and she came out and pretty much admitted to it. I just yeah. don't feel like she took the the ownership that was yeah, she, needed. She and I don't think she looked at, and I, well, I can't speak to how she felt about the relationship, but I definitely mm-hmm. don't. I don't feel like she took the ownership of it. But then on the other hand, I also feel like, you know, yeah, August is hurt. Yes, she hurt him. Yes, she might have taken advantage of him. I, I won't say that she... I don't we don't that. know for sure, but yeah, I'm not gonna say that in a malicious way, but I will say that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, her body is her body, her life is her life. Mm-hmm. And if she's in a relationship and she doesn't want to be in anymore, she's well within her rights to mm-hmm. exit that relationship, no matter how much it might hurt that person, how much yeah. it might hurt her August. You know what I mean? But I do I do think that, you know, I think that you you have to take ownership that you that you hurt somebody. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you have to make sure, I guess, I, I think that you do have to, especially if you are in charge of healing that person, or you took that on, mm-hmm. you broke them in the process. And you got to yeah. take ownership of that. And you have to do the work to make sure that that person isn't, doesn't remain broken. Not yeah. only because of the, the way that that relationship started. You know? Yeah. I mean, his spirit was essentially in her hands, you know, yeah. she, he went to her for healing. And, but again, I think, you know, as much as we joke about, entanglements and whatnot i just feel like even by her using that word and not acknowledging it head on diminished it diminished it what it was exactly that that's that's the word she diminished this relationship that we know from august was so powerful for her it was like you know it was you know i wasn't in an entanglement you know i wasn't in a and that that diminished it and i feel like that that might have maybe stuck another, you know, knife in the back of August. Just that so. right there. Did you see the episode of um of Red Table Talk with um with August and Will's sister and uh and Gammy when they were talking no. about like addiction and everything? Mm-mm. Yeah. Go back and watch that episode because like when you watch that episode, like, you know, she brought him on as like a family friend and like all this, but you can tell just from the way because he was talking about how like Gammy and Jada helped him like get through his addiction and like mm-hmm. just the way that he was talking, the way that he was looking at her and just the way that he was just talking about how she saved his life, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like you had that man's spirit, like you said, mm-hmm. handling that man's spirit. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that you have to be, you have to be careful. Yeah. You, know? you have to be gentle and you can't diminish it. Like, yes, he, he was a young and he's a kid. You know what I'm saying? 
you was a cougar. You know what I mean? I get all that, but <laughs> no, you can't, you can't do that. And then what's, but what's also irritating me is seeing like people's response to August, like being vulnerable and like being emotional and like, you know, people are like making jokes about that too. And like, Oh, he's acting like a female. And he's, and I'm like, y'all talk about how men don't love black women enough. Y'all talk about how men are emotional, how we don't show our emotions, how we don't know how to love and like all of that. And then you have somebody out here who's doing all that and speaking about all that and then, you know, showing their feelings or whatever. And y'all making jokes, uh, you know, about a man like showing his emotions. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's rubbing me the wrong way, too. And me personally, I just don't get any joy from seeing somebody broken. Like, yeah, these are celebrities. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever. You know, but like for me, especially, you know what I'm saying? I've been August before. I've been Jill, uh, Jada before shit <laughs> I've been well before I, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying like I've been in each of these positions before so like to see that you know to see somebody going through that doesn't make that just that doesn't bring me any joy you know I yeah, don't see yeah. it doesn't make me want to like joke about that I'll joke about the entanglement because that's hilarious to me you Listen. know what I'm saying <laughs> but, but I just don't I think we just have to be careful too I, and I just wanted to make sure I made that point too I, I think that we have to be careful about kicking black men when they're down and when they're showing emotions, especially somebody, we're all talking about how he was in such a vulnerable state. This is how people relapse. This is how people, yeah. you know, commit suicides, you know, and then let's say something happens to him and these same people will be the first people on the internet talking about, if you're going through something, talk to mm-hmm. me, you shouldn't have to end your life. And you always got somebody to talk to who you, who was just, who's just kicking somebody in the, in the, in the, who's kicking somebody when they were down. I'm trying to keep my, keep my language together. I mean, you can say somebody, yeah. Oh, yes. Kicking someone in the groin. <laughs> Look at you. Kicking someone in the groin. You know what I'm saying? When they were down, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just worry about the world in and of itself. But, you know. I yeah. Know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you on that. And I think a lot of that, though, that that uh, that reaction maybe from, from women um, with regards to, you know, August, you know, being vulnerable or men in, in general being vulnerable, unfortunately, is part of that conditioning that we need to a race, right? We need to, to, to dismant because, you know, as you know, girls growing up, depending on, I guess your, your household, your culture, men are not supposed to be vulnerable men. I mean, although we say that we want it, I don't know if we know what exactly it of like it that we want. It. Right. So right. we're saying that we want men to be, <clears throat> want men to be more vulnerable and all this other stuff. But then here you have men, the man that's crying or whatever. And we're just like, he acting like a bia bia. Yes, exactly. You know, like get get your life together. What you crying about? Like, like this this ain't nothing. Yeah. And I under I totally understand from the male perspective how it's like, I'm I'm out here being my authentic self. Isn't right. that what you want? Right. Mm-hmm. And I can see women like a lot of women are just confused. <clears throat> I think it's because we really don't know when we say that we want men to be more vulnerable and we want them to share their feelings and be emotional. And we don't know what that looks like, like you said. Right. And, and I think that it's because we just, we don't, yeah, we don't know what that is. What We don't know how much of it we actually want. It's true. We just don't and know. We, we don't even know how much of it that we can, we can be like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like another deeper conversation. So I think with this Jada and Will thing, although, um, you know, people are choosing not to talk about it because they're like that grown folks business. But I think there's a lot that you can take away from this fiasco, in a sense, aside from the cool memes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot. It, it speaks. I feel like any anytime these issues come up, there's always learning opportunities from them, which is why I like talking about them, not for the salacious parts of it, sure. but for the lessons that, you know, and the, and and I guess just the light that's shown on, again, how the black community is just still so messed up, how we have so many different viewpoints. Some of them are out of control. Some of them are valid, but that there's a lot about us that we still need to explore as, as, as a people. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to getting my entanglement free, my entanglement free t-shirt. <laughs> I didn't know what you were about to say. I, I, I thought you was about to say, you know, I'm looking forward to getting into an entanglement. Oh, listen, listen, let me tell you something. I am looking for <laughs> drama free. Okay? okay. I am. It's so, funny. Uh, what of <laughs> One of my, um, you know, acquaintance friends uh, on social media, she posted a comment yesterday saying that, you know, she's she's not into these grown folks business. She doesn't really care about what's going on with Jada and whatever, but she is untangled, detangled (laughs) and looking (laughs) looking to be entangled with the right man. Yeah. I had friends who were posting like, you know, those detangling brushes that. that Yeah. Yep. I just bought one, actually. Yeah. I need one for my daughter, to be honest with you. But like, I'll send you the link. Okay, cool. They were posting them up like detangled. I am, I am detangling. If a man comes to me once wanted to be entangled, I'm gonna bust him over the head with this brush. I was listen. like, nah. I was like, now that's funny. <laughs> listen, listen. Yeah. I mean, just a couple, just to end this thing on like a positive note, a funny note. I saw a couple of memes yesterday. One was like, men cheat, women have entanglements. Yes, apparently, <laughs> apparently. Y'all are gonna run that. Y'all gonna run that into the ground. And then there was there was um, single, married, divorced, entangled. Yeah. <laughs> so many people are in, are in entanglements and don't even realize it. Too. Well, yeah. And I think that that that's why you know you have the group of people who are like, why are we even like, why are we even in these people's business? Yeah. Like everyone, where your, where your husband at right now? Where your exactly, wife? Exactly right. <laughs> And even those who are not necessarily married, but are in these like committed relationships, yeah, like in it. everybody's in, everybody's been involved in an entanglement mm-hmm. at some point, whether they knew it, whether they were privy to it or not, Absolutely. you know, we, we just, it's just a messy society, unfortunately. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It just is what it is. But mm-hmm. I am looking forward to these, uh, to see more of these, these memes, not the ones that are like so hurtful, obviously, but the funny ones, like, mm-hmm. Those have been those have brought me so much joy. And there was one about T.I. being upset that Jada put out the word entanglement before he got to use it. Use it. <laughs> <laughs> that brother is a walking the source. So oh, I, my gosh. He is a walking the source, a walking dictionary. Yes. And his accent, his thick accent makes yes. it even more enjoyable to hear. Yes. <laughs> Uh, man, Paul. So I think we got a lot out today. We talked about a lot of different things, as we always do. Yes, we always do. It's always <laughs> a good time talking with you. Always a good time. Always a good time. Getting to the root of some of these issues, right? Actually mm-hmm. highlighting and, 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 and forcing people to really think outside the box, I think, is what we tend to do here. So I'm, you know, I'm really happy about this episode. I'm grateful that you were able to break away from your children. Oh, my gosh. I'm entangled. That's what I'm entangled with. I'm entangled with my with my with my kids. <laughs> you are entangled. I'm about to go, oh, now. I'm about to go now and get a uh I take my son to get his haircut. Ooh. Yeah. Not first haircut though. I've seen his haircut before. No, no, no. Social no. media. Okay. First 
first uh, a pre post quarantine haircut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might it might feel like the first day so be prepared for the crying exactly so all right then well thank you again for being on the show of course anytime you know that and thank you everyone for tuning into another episode of according to rp on wjms radio it's your girl rita pierre your host and we will talk to you guys next week have a good week stay untangled everybody <laughs> <laughs> You were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's all online.